Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and four things up for review this week, starting off with three movies. First is Mac and Rita, which stars Diane Keaton. And then there's Day Shift with Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and Snoop Dogg. You heard that right. Then there's Emily the Criminal starring Aubrey Plaza. And finally, the new series on Amazon Prime, A League of Their Own. First up is a film called Mac and Rita, which is basically 13 going on 30, but aged up. So it's 30 going on 70, which if you're too young to know 13 going on 30, you're too young for this movie. I'm going to lay that out right now. If you're too old to know 13 going on 30, you also are probably too old for this movie. I was intrigued by this movie because Diane Keaton is in it. And also, I love 13 going on 30. And I was like, okay, well, Diane Keaton, you know, she's great. She, There's no way she'd be in such a terrible film. I'm truly mind boggled how an hour and 35 minute film can feel like an actual lifetime. Like I might have aged 270 while watching this film. So premise is Elizabeth Lale plays a character named Mac who feels that her inner person, whatever, is a 70-year-old woman. I get it. I have interests that sort of align with the more cozy core or, you know, less what one is expected to do in as a, not youth, but like adult, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, in 20s, 30s, etc. I get that. But the way that she portrays it, I get... I was like, is this nepotism casting? Like, I didn't realize that I guess she has been in other things. I'm talking about Elizabeth Lale here. Obviously, Diane Keaton has been in many things. I didn't realize she had been in You. I, there was something about her performance to me that just felt like acting school failed acting school. I, it, it was so cookie cutter or like attempting to be quirky 30-year-old. I feel like the whole film is about aesthetics and like Pinterest boards and a lot of it centers around your Instagram career and all these things and it just it kind of made me stick to my stomach. I'm gonna give a shout out to Taylor Page who I thought was spectacular in Zola and tries her damnedest in this film 
And, you know, she does a great job for what she is given, but what she is, you know, dealing with for the rest of it, it's just nothing is there to support her. And then Diane Keaton, why? Why Diane? Why Diane Keaton? Like, you are Diane Keaton. You can do whatever you want to do at this point. And this is what you chose to do. And then the logic of this movie is just so confusing. So uh, thinking about 13 going on 30, I was like, yeah, there was, you know, you get your panic moments at being in this other body. But then there's how the other characters accept it and all these things. And that to me is it just completely, completely fell apart. And then there's I'm, I don't want to spoil too much, but I also don't care at this point. There's this whole confusing romance thing. So uh, there, you know, there's a hot neighbor played by Dustin Milligan from Schitt's Creek. And, <laughs> you know, nothing against a May-December romance, but there, it's just very confusing, like the logic that this film is asking us to buy, where I'm like, is he in love with the Diane Keaton character who they position as, you know, this is actually Mac or Elizabeth Lale's character aged up, but they position as, oh, it's her Aunt Rita. So it's like, does that mean that this neighbor is both interested in this 70-year-old aunt and also her 30-year-old niece? Like, that's too much in the family. Too much. No, no, no. You should not be... Not No, no thank you. Ew. There are so many talented people in this movie, and I don't know where it went awry. There are also many not talented people in this movie, uh, mainly, well, I don't know if she's not talented, but she her talents are not being properly utilized here with Elizabeth Lyle. You know, again, Diane Keaton, Taylor Page, great actors, Loretta Devine's in it, uh, Amy Hill, Lois Smith, Wendy Malick, who the, the, the last three are... Older women who you will recognize when you see them. Patty Harrison is in this. Nicole Byer has a scene, a couple scenes. I'm just like, this script must have read amazingly well. Because what ends up on screen is just hollow. It's hollow. It has about as much substance to it as the Instagram post that they're simultaneously making fun of. And I think like mocking, but also validating as a sort of, uh, you know, income or career or whatever it is. Like, I don't think the movie knows what its position is on this. Also, there are, you know, these just, everyone is an archetype or a stereotype of something. And it's not in a creative or innovative way. I have probably spent more time talking about this movie than it deserves also a bummer because the director is Katie Azelton who I you know as an actress I at least enjoyed I know her from the league but but overall Mac and Rita what an upsetting experience I'm gonna give it one out of five I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back and I'm back and then my next film is called Day Shift it stars Jamie Foxx Dave Franco and Snoop Dogg names I wouldn't necessarily have expected to hear in a, a sequence together. Two of those, yes. One, The other one, maybe not so much. And basically, Jamie Foxx plays a dad who just wants to provide for his family. You know, things aren't so great with his wife or ex-wife, but he wants to do right by his daughter. Uh, he needs money to pay for her school and, and braces and all these things. But his job is a vampire hunter. So <laughs> I don't hate this premise. I don't like this execution of it. This is one of the, this is a Netflix movie of a week. I was like, I swear, is this exactly the same? Jamie Foxx has already been in one of these. Is this the exact same thing? The answer is technically no, but the answer might as well be yes. By the way, that other one that he was in is called Project Power, and that one was about superheroes and things like that, or I think they got like powers or whatever it was. It came out, you know, early-ish in the pandemic or in the pandemic, and it was one of the first, oh, we're really doing this movie a week thing, and even then, I was like, oh, is this all I have? And now this is another one where it's like, is this all I have? So the movie, you know, it's a, it's, I think it might be okay as a background watch, and that might be being generous. 
but I I was very bored by it. You know, there are there are tonal shifts where at first it's supposed to be this serious, uh, you know, gory, uh, not gory, well, yeah, gory, gory vampire hunting. You know, like lots of blood, lots of decapitations, lots of you know, just a little overdoing it in that department. And then you know, Snoop Dogg shows up, <laughs> and I I was like, oh, okay, maybe I will like this movie. And then Dave Franco shows up. And, you know, so I guess there's apparently a vampire in this in the world that this movie takes place in, not in the real world. There's a vampire hunter union and, you know, Jamie Foxx is on the wrong side of it, but they sort of let back him back in, but they want to ban him for life. And so they assign him Dave Franco as his uh, union rep who, you know, is, is a by the book, blah, blah, blah guy. And I couldn't tell if this film is pro or anti-union. <laughs> which is a weird question to be asking yourself about the Netflix movie of a week. And I swear, when Dave Franco's character started speaking, I was like, "Does ever, is it the only point of his character to speak in exposition in order to establish the world? He's basically a talking encyclopedia. But then there are other characters who come into play later who are also, everyone just speaks in exposition. Nobody's having an actual conversation. They're just monologuing at each other or spitting out facts that the filmmakers could not think of another way to give us. And then you've got this whole juxtaposition where Dave Franco is the, you know, very by the books, blah, 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 nerdy guy. And Jamie Foxx is the, you know, run and gun, get it done person. And I swear, Dave Franco has been playing this character a lot in the last few years. And he's fine at it, but doesn't he want, like, isn't he bored of it? I, I just, I guess a paycheck's a paycheck. Yeah, I, ultimately, I was really bored by it. There's a whole, you know, B plot involving the vampires and their hierarchy and, and, criminal intentions and all these things I was just like I don't care you don't care you being the filmmakers you just want to murder them so you know that there's no like they try and like shoehorn in an emotional logic to why the vampires are behaving the way they do but it's just it's so unfortunate I would I would describe it as unfortunate (laughs) if you are really bored and just need something to put on in the background and don't care also I struggled with it in the background because uh the I think this is just my sound system thing but the the you know violence would be really really loud and I could not I'd turn it down and I couldn't hear what they were saying I should have watched this movie with subtitles is what it comes down to or I just should have not watched this movie that's my recommendation I don't think you should watch this movie but if you feel really really compelled to like go forth but I'm only going to give it 1.9 out of 5. Thankfully the next film I have this week is one I actually do recommend. It is called Emily the Criminal. It's been a while since I watched it. I watched it at Sundance but it stars Aubrey Plaza as a woman who has a lot of debt. Again you know two two storylines this week with characters who are just trying to they want to live reasonable lives but are not in positions where they're able to and so uh, Aubrey Plaza gets involved in a scheme which uh, basically they are using in which she becomes a dummy shopper, which is, I guess, when you get handed like a, a you know, a fake, a stolen credit card uh, and you, you, you make the purchases. So if you've ever had your credit card stolen, which sucks, I've had mine stolen. It's horrible. You know, somebody's making a purchase somewhere. They have the credit card number somewhere. So this is a manifestation of it where they literally physically print the numbers onto a card and then you go buy, you know, an expensive TV or whatever it is. And then by the time that you cancel your credit card or whatever it is, or, you know, the, the frozen Somebody has a television out there and nobody's going to be able to track it down and then they sell it again, etc. So she finds that she's really good at it. And so it's about her journey into this sort of underworld. There's a character played by Theo Rossi who is who's also in that sphere. You've got Gina Gershon and Kim Yarbrough in it. And I just remember, again, Sundance, I watch a kajillion films in one go. And so, uh, you know, things get a little hazy. So when something stands out, always a good thing. 
I also think this is Aubrey Plaza at amongst her best performances as Aubrey Plaza. You know, sometimes she's overly sarcastic, which it, I get. It's why they, they you know, she's very good at it. But I think sometimes people don't know how to utilize it. This, I thought, was a nice, like, tempered version of that. You know, she, it's still her, but there's emotional depth. There's tension. It, it, overall, very much enjoyed it. Would give it 3.8 out of 5. And then finally this week, I have the remake or reboot or whatever you want, a series extension of A League of Their Own. It's based off the movie, but also, of course, based off of, you know, a thing that happened in real life where the men went to war and women were playing baseball. And I was concerned, you know, I like the original movie a lot. I wouldn't say I'm one of the like hardcore uh, people who, uh, you know, I, I can't quote, I mean, I can quote the line from it, obviously, but I haven't watched it in a while, but I still still have warm feelings towards it. So when I heard they were making the show, I was like, I don't, you know, do they, do they need to? Are there any original ideas out there anymore? I found myself surprised going, you know what, this is how you adapt something from a movie into a show, because they go really in-depth into a bunch of these other characters, and I think one of the best additions that they made is they cast Shantae Adams as a character named Max, who is a black woman who wants to play baseball, which adds just another layer of complexity to everything. I, I think, you know, it's uh, Abby Jacobson is the star. She's the executive producer, I think the driving force behind it. It's also got Darcy Carden, uh, Nick Offerman's in it. So, and again, I think getting to watch it now where we have better vocabularies and understandings of some of the terms for what these women would maybe choose to express their sexual identities as, I think that allows for a more three-dimensional portrayal of these characters as opposed to, you know, maybe trying to present it for an audience who just either knows like, oh, they're lesbians or some of them are lesbians, not all of them, really, you know, there's a much greater range of representation within the show. And I think that's, it's wonderful. I also thought the characters are compelling. You know, I... <laughs> The only things I sort of butted up against is sometimes the chemistry between some of them feels a little, the sexual chemistry feels a little bit forced, but I think they think they're getting away with it because they're like, ooh, it's ladies. But that, you know, if that's my biggest complaint, like I, I have that challenge with shows that have heterosexual relationships or whatever it is, like chemistry is chemistry. But I, I also think the dynamics between all the characters are great. I think they getting to see the depths of the challenge. We see more of the things these characters are struggling with, or we see more of the challenges that were facing women at the time, more of the challenges that women are still facing, all these things. But yeah, I really, really just thought it was an enjoyable journey to go on, and it honors the original in a way, or maybe not honors it, but it's, it, you know, it... it you know, there's enough of the original in it, but I think really just the original, like, set the stage for people's knowledge of the existence of this league. But I, I, you know, I think the show takes it into its own hands in a great way and sort of rides off the momentum, but makes it its own thing. So I'm definitely going to say check it out. I'm actually going to give it a 4.3 out of 5. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.